Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas, as well as chase Chinese dramas. I am your host for today, Karen, with my review of Tang Lan Jue, or The Love Between Fairy and Devil. This review will be in English with proper nouns and certain phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. The Love Between Fairy and Devil, or Tang Lan Jue, is a 36-episode drama from ITE that aired in August of 2022. It is a mythical or fantasy romance drama set in a fictional world about the Moon Clan leader Dongfang Qingtang, the demon for our drama, and the young orchid flower from the fairy clan Xiao Lanhua, the fairy in our drama. It is loosely based off of a book of the same name. I'm going to provide a high-level plot recap of the first couple of episodes, introduce our characters of the drama so you get a sense of the story, and then I'll provide my review of the drama at the end of this podcast episode. This review is on our website in written form, so if you want to see the transcript or my thoughts written out, please check out our website at chasingdramas.com. It is there on our front page. Additional reviews of dramas or dramas we are currently watching with our initial thoughts are also on our website, so please do check those out. Now, I didn't actually intend to chase this drama because there was not a whole lot of promotion for it, or at least I didn't know the main leads very well, but I saw a number of positive reviews after it started airing, so I thought, hey, why not check it out? There is little doubt that Tang Lan Jue, or The Love Between Fairy and Devil, was the breakout hit of the summer. After airing with little fanfare, the drama reached a peak popularity index during its finale of 10,500. For context, most dramas would love to break 9,000. A lot of the times when they do break that threshold, there are Weibo posts being like, congratulations to this drama, it passed 9,000 uh, in the popularity index. But this drama did so quite easily and continued to peak. The online platforms don't release viewership stats anymore, so it's a little challenging to see exactly how many views uh, or the exact impact of this drama, but it is clear from the number of trending topics on Weibo that this was a popular drama, at least for the population of people who do like to go on Weibo and talk about it, because this drama, I'm assuming, trends younger. Even now, Days after the finale, there are many trending topics on Weibo for this drama, and the main stars, especially the main male lead, Wang Hedi, has skyrocketed in popularity. His Weibo followers increased dramatically, and that is helped by the fact that there has been plenty of fan service or behind-the-scenes clips and images between him and his female co-star, Esther Yu, to promote the drama. So what is this drama about? Wang Hedi, or Dylan Wang, plays the formidable and cold Dongfang Qingtang, the leader of the Moon Clan, or Yuezu. In this instance, instead of a demon clan, they're called Moon Clan. I've seen other websites translate this just as demon or devil clan, but I'm going to continue calling it Moon Clan because that is literally the Chinese translation. 
Wang Hedi is from Sichuan Province and was born in 1998, so quite young still. He is currently a host on the Hunan television show Ni Hao Xinqi Liu, and this is his standout role. His previous role in Yu Long last year was actually ridiculed like none other, but fans are quite pleased at his performance in Tang Lan Jue as Dong Fang Qing Tang. It has completely changed how people view him and brought him into the public eye. People speculate that he is poised to be on the male A-list with the likes of Xiao Zhan and Wang Yibo after this role. But I personally think it's going to be a little bit of a challenging battle because the more famous you get, the more scrutiny you will have. And in the last month, he's already experienced some blunders from a、uh, publicity perspective. So we'll see how his career goes from here. There is no denying that this has been the role of a lifetime for him, though. At the beginning of this drama, Dongfang Qingcang has been in prison for more than thirty thousand years at the hands of his foe Chi Di Nuzi. He is currently the most powerful being across the land, as he is the leader of the Moon Clan. Next up, we have our fairy. Xiao Lanhua, played by Yu Shuxin or Esther Yu. Xiao Lanhua is a little orchid flower who doesn't have a real name. Xiao Lanhua literally just means little orchid flower. She is a very young flower of just fifteen hundred years old, and she lives in Siming Dian, where she helps watch over all of the fates of each being. She is a member of the fairy clan. Or Xianzu, but doesn't have many friends because she is rather weak and still quite young. Her actress Yu Shuxin or Esther Yu is a former member of the girl group The Nine that was formed following a Chinese reality TV show called Youth with You Two or Qingchun Youni, where she made it to the top nine out of a hundred nine contestants to create a girl idol group. She has since acted in a number of dramas and is actually in a upcoming drama called A Romance of the Little Forest or Liangguer in the Xiaosenlin with Zhang Bingbing, and there have been a number of promotional videos for this drama, so I'm assuming it'll air pretty soon. Her initial love interest in this drama is Chang Hong Xianjun or Chang Hong, played by Zhang Linghe. He is the younger brother of the current fairy clan leader and newly named general or Zhanshen of the fairy clan. He is betrothed to Xishan Shenyu, a powerful mythical woman who has gone missing for thirty thousand years, so their marriage has stalled. In the drama, we also have Chi Di Nuzi, played by Guo Xiaoting, another general from the fairy clan. But she sacrificed herself in a ferocious battle between the fairy clan and the moon clan, so against Dongfang Qingcang, in order to seal him away and freeze a hundred thousand moon clan soldiers to secure peace. And related to her is Rong Hao Xianjun, or Rong Hao. Played by Xu Haiqiao, he is a fairy clan member and pupil or student of Chi Di Nuzi. He is also the best friend of Chang Hong. 
Rong Hao was devastated at the loss of his teacher and has sought for the last 30,000 years to bring her back to life. With those key characters introduced, let's start off with the plot recap for the first several episodes. Dongfang Qingcheng was banished to a magical tower as a result of his ferocious battle against the powerful Chidi Nuzi from the fairy clan or Xianzu. For many thousands of years, Yuezu, the Moon Clan, and Xianzu, the Fairy Clan, fought against each other, and their lives are entwined with hatred towards each other because both sides have lost loved ones in ensuing battles. In one fateful battle, Chidi Nuzi managed to steal away Dongfang Qingcheng by sacrificing herself, and for thirty thousand years, there has been peace in Xianzu or the Fairy Clan. As the Lord of the Moon Clan, or Yuezun, has been banished, fighting between the two clans has since ceased. But Yuezun, or the Moon Clan, fell into chaos as different factions sought to gain control of the clan after Dongfang Qingcheng disappeared. That is the big picture conflict. Meanwhile, we are introduced to Xiao Lanhua. Like I said, she is just a weak little orchid flower that watches over the fates of each being in her lonely hall of Simingdian. Her teacher left、uh, a thousand years ago to travel, leaving the young Xiaolanhua all by herself. She watches over the fates that are written on leaves of the fate tree, which she helps to protect and repair if ever there is damage to them. She does have someone she likes, though. The handsome Changheng Xianjun, or just Changheng, he saved her when she was very young, and therefore Xiao Lanhua wants to thank him personally for helping her, and has since nursed this bit of gratitude or infatuation towards him. Her and Changheng's fates should have been entwined, but one day, when Changheng and the other fairy lords were working together to try to reinforce. The magical tower that confined Dongfang Qingcheng, Xiao Lanhua foresaw that this could be the end for Changheng due to her powers working with fates in Simingdian. So she steps in to protect him. She blocks a blast from the tower meant for Changheng, and while he is protected, she is instead sucked into the tower. Once in the tower, Xiao Lanhua unwittingly restores the powerful Dongfang Qingcheng back to his human form, with a kiss, no doubt. Whereas before, he was just wisps of consciousness, and in the process, swaps bodies with him. And this is where the comedy starts. Swapping bodies with Xiao Lanhua is utterly unacceptable for Dongfang Qingcheng because. He cannot be trapped in the body of someone so weak and feeble as Xiao Lanhua, while Xiao Lanhua, on the other hand, is having a blast enjoying the enormous power of the leader of the Moon Clan. Dongfang Qingcheng manages to swap bodies again with Xiao Lanhua to regain his form of strength, and believes all he has to do is kill Xiao Lanhua, and there will be no issues with him escaping the tower and reclaiming power again. But the twist he finds out is that the two are now bound together by some mysterious power. Any time Xiao Lanhua is hurt, he will suffer the same injury on his body. And for her emotions, well, 
he's going to feel them as well. If she cries, he'll also start crying. If she's scared, he'll also start feeling scared. They are connected as one. But what that means is that he can't kill Xiaolanhua because otherwise he's going to kill himself as well. Ultimately, this powerful Dongfang Qingcang escapes from the tower with Xiaolanhua in tow and returns to her place of residence. More hilarity ensues. Dongfang Qingcang, the cold, calculating, and menacing leader of the Moon Clan, is subject to being Xiaolanhua's personal caretaker because he has to nurse her back to health after their foray into the tower, or in the tower. And why is this necessary? Because Dongfang Qingfang has uncovered the fate of a woman named Xie Wanqing that looks to be related to his mortal enemy, Chi Di Nuzi. He needs Xiaolanhua to repair this fate so that he can see exactly what he needs to do to recover his mortal enemy in order to release the 100,000 Moon Clan troops that were frozen in time because of her. And then, of course, he needs to go destroy the Fairy Clan. But this Xiaolanhua does not care too much for restoring the fate and is too weak anyways. The issue really is also that she is the only person who has the ability to restore fates because her teacher has left. The funniest part is that she totally mishears Dongfang Qingcang's name and just calls him Da Qiang because she sneezed when he was saying his name and she was like, what? Your name is Da Qiang? After all, Dongfang Qingcang's name is known throughout the land, but because Xiaolanhua thinks he's just Da Qiang and is a fairy who had been in prison for some past wrong and has nowhere to go, she's like, okay, I'll take you in. Thus, the relationship between the most powerful being in the land, Dongfang Qingcang, and the weak Xiaolanhua begins. What I think fans really find funny about these beginning 10 episodes really is the fact that this most powerful leader of the Moon Clan has to basically just be the nanny for Xiaolanhua. There are many eye-rolling moments for the leader of the Moon Clan, but it's ultimately very funny and very cute. Dongfang Qingfang has been stripped of his emotions in order to gain his immense strength, but through his interactions with Xiao Lanhua, he is touched by her kindness, her optimism, determination, and thoughtfulness, despite her weak or feeble abilities. He slowly starts to regain some emotions, which in this drama is represented by a tree. At the beginning of the drama, this tree or qing shu is a frozen tundra with no leaves on it whatsoever. After interacting with Xiaolanhua, something slowly changes in him. While he is experiencing some of these changes or emotional changes, we learn that Cheng Heng actually also likes Xiaolanhua. He is already betrothed to someone, but that woman has disappeared for the last 30,000 years, so he does not know where she has gone. And so after meeting Xiaolanhua in a chance encounter, has grown attracted to this kind-hearted orchid flower. She offered to protect him while no one has ever done so in his life for him. 
However, he is very respectful of his feelings towards her because he knows he is betrothed and any affection he shows towards Xiao Lanhua publicly could mean her demise, which he does not want. And so he does his best to protect her despite his obvious affection towards her. All of this comes to a head with Xiao Lanhua as she is revealed to have a rather different past, one that is different from the other fairies of the fairy clan. And despite Dongfang Qingfang saying he does not care for Xiao Lanhua, he steps in to protect her in front of the entire fairy clan court, who accused her of being a spy for the moon clan. And Xiao Lanhua was about to be sentenced to her death. Using his unique brand of firepower, which turns blue and is called Ye Huo, Dongfang Qingfang pushes back against the entire fairy clan lords and takes Xiao Lanhua with him. Chang Hung steps in to try to take Xiao Lanhua back, but is easily defeated by Dongfang Qingfang. In this one battle, you really see that Dongfang Qingfang is the most powerful being in the realm. With one battle, the future relationship between these three individuals becomes quite clear, and it does not look good for Chang Hong Xianjun. Let's just say that fans of Chang Hong were very heartbroken to see that he was so easily defeated by Dongfang Qingfang. That is the general recap for the first 10 episodes or so of Tang Lan Jue. The story does go on to develop the relationship between these three individuals, and there is also a stint into the mortal realm as they search for more answers about the fate of Chi Di Nuzi and her mortal reincarnation as Xie Wanqing. Add into the mix of Rong Hao Xianjun's plot to try to revive his teacher, and you have a very interesting story for the back half. So what did I think of the drama? I give it a 7 out of 10 as it is a serviceable and above average romance drama of this genre. I personally have a more tempered opinion of the drama than perhaps what Weibo and other fans think, though I can certainly understand the hype. I thought the drama really shone in the first half, especially at the beginning when Dongfang Qingfang was figuring out how to interact with Xiao Lanhua after realizing he can feel her emotions and also suffer her injuries. And she suffered a lot of injuries. Episode 9, where Dongfang Qingfang steps in to protect Xiao Lanhua, is one of the most badass scenes of the summer. There are plenty of cute scenes and belly laughs in the first half of the drama, especially considering what the all-powerful Dongfang Qingfang is subject to in order to help Xiao Lanhua, who has no clue how to protect herself and is somehow always getting hurt. Dongfang Qingfang and Chang Hong in particular have two very well-written parts that make you naturally like them as powerful members of Yuezu or the Moon Clan and Xianzu or the Fairy Clan, respectively. I do believe that the two main male leads, Wang Hedi and Zhang Linghe, have bright futures ahead of them, and were the stronger of the trio compared to Yu Shuxin's Xiao Lanhua. She was cute, but I think all the eyeballs were on these two gentlemen. 
Wang Hedi, in particular, was able to showcase his acting range in this drama in ways that are subtle yet very apparent. Though I don't think he is as handsome as some of the other male actors out there, which I may be totally lambasted for, but I mean, I feel like I just have a much more tempered view of this drama. The special effects are quite good, and in my opinion, have come a long way for fairy romance dramas. Though some of the wire work for the actors could possibly be improved. The original soundtrack for this drama, and especially the title song called "Xun Yi Ge Ni" by Liu Yuning, is an instant classic. It's really quite a good song, and I've been listening to it on repeat for the last several weeks now. Though for me, the more intriguing part of the drama was actually the secondary storyline between Chidi Nuzi and her pupil Ronghao. Let me just take a second to discuss the actors for Chidi Nuzi and Ronghao. Both of them, you could say, won this year with two amazing roles in two different dramas. Chidi Nuzi's actress Guo Xiaoting has been on the small screen for many years. Playing notable roles in dramas such as *Chinese Paladin 3* or *Xianjian Qixiaxuanzan* as Xiao Tudou, and *Starling with Each Step* or *Bu Bu Jingxin's Min Min Ge Ge*, all when she was under 18. I think she is a very strong actress, but perhaps just hasn't had a whole lot of luck in notable lead roles for a while. But this year, she has killed it with her role here in this drama as Chidi Nuzi and her mortal reincarnation as Xie Wanqing, where she is absolutely stunning. And also in her role as Shun De Xianji in Yu Jun Chu Xiang Shi or A Blue Whisper earlier this year, she is absolutely crazy but stunningly beautiful in A Blue Whisper and in this drama she. Portrays the ill-fated mortal woman Xie Wanqing with jaw-dropping grace. I found it hard to take my eyes off of her when she is on screen. It's really great to see that she is finding success right now because I have seen her in Chinese Paladin Three and Startling with Each Step when I was younger and was always very happy to see her on screen. So it's lovely to see that she is finding more success right now. As for Ronghao, he is played by Xu Haiqiao, whom we just saw as Ouyang Xu in Menghualu or A Dream of Splendor, where he was applauded by fans for his fanatic portrayal of the man that betrayed Zhao Paner, and then applauded him in this role for the faithful student that suffered for thousands of years and betrayed his soul to find ways to bring his teacher back to life. For me, their storylines. Were the most intriguing part of the drama, despite having not a whole lot of screen time. I did watch a live stream of these two when they were promoting the show a few weeks back, and both of them are just so cute and really sweet, and seem like genuine people who love acting. And so it's nice to see them finding more recognition this year. Despite these strengths, however, I did have to dock 0.5 from my initial score because the drama faltered towards the end. There were just a lot of convoluted conflicts and eye-rolling cliches that I felt did not need to be in the drama, and there were so many things where there was poor communication between these two lovers who clearly loved each other, but for some 
convoluted reason or another had to lie to each other's faces or whatever to cause this conflict and a lot of tears. I can see the appeal for some viewers, but I it was just not my cup of tea towards the end. The last six episodes in particular were a rather uh, long grind to the end. And I'm not the only one because I saw a couple of reviews on Weibo where people were like, hmm, was there a different screenwriter for the last six episodes versus the rest of the drama? So in any case, I thought that the end of the drama, because of these cliches and convoluted conflicts, left a rather sour taste in my mouth, which I wish had been improved. Furthermore, you do have to understand what kind of drama you're getting into. This is a romance fantasy drama. This is not going to be on par with the likes of Empresses in the Palace or Joy of Life or Nirvana and Fire, but it is still highly enjoyable. I personally actually don't think this is better than The Untamed, but that does not mean I didn't have a good time watching it. So if you are looking for a fun and cute drama to watch with a handsome lead actor, this is certainly a drama to try out, at least for the first 20-25 episodes or so. That is it for my review. Let me know what you think. Do you agree or disagree with my view? Leave us a comment on our Instagram or Twitter, or else you can also leave us a comment on our website. If you have any other comments or questions, feel free to email us at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.